0: Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen.
1: Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Homestead Story. This is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead.
1: Yes, it has been a very exciting spring here on the Homestead
0: Yeah, and very busy.
1: Yes, we are trying to do a lot.
0: Yes, we are doing many things.
1: As always. (laughs) But one really exciting thing, our barn cat had kittens this spring.
0: Yeah, they are really, really cute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so first off about our barn cat. So when we moved here, we have a huge, huge barn. And we had one big old cat who came with the barn. She's lived there her whole life.
0: Right. I had always wanted a cat, but Kristen's allergic, so yeah. we had never gotten one. So I was really excited when we, when we bought this property that it came with a barn cat.
1: Yeah, which is wonderful. And she, But she, she's not the greatest cat. The <laughs> she is very old and large. And, and mean. And mean. <laughs> and she is retired. So yeah. the barn was getting very overrun by mice. Uh, Mice, You know, you're naturally going to have, I guess, some mice in the barn, and you've got chicken feed. So it was getting kind of gross.
0: Well, yeah, there was clearly a lot of mice. Yeah,
1: so I prayed for another barn cat, and then shortly after that, our friend called us up and he was hiking in the woods and he found three little abandoned kittens. So I was like, me, me, I'll take one. We'll take one. I prayed for those cats. So we got this barn cat and we, she was, we got her around six weeks. So she was one we kind of talked about in the first episode that she thinks she's a dog because she came so young.
0: Yeah. Well, our Marima would... Kind of pick her up by the scruff of the neck and carry her around. Well, we
1: stuff. call Bella Bella the abusive mother. She was yeah. <laughs> 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 the abusive mother to the kitten. She would just carry the poor thing around. But they get along well. They all play and run around together. And and our mice population is. I mean, I haven't seen a mouse. Have you seen a mouse?
0: No. I mean, yeah, we were having to put up traps, and you would see them all over the place. So I still see them out in the field, voles and stuff sometimes. But I haven't seen anything in the barn. Yeah, for she a long patrols time.
1: the barn. She does a great job. Bella, she'll kill a mouse and. Bella will sometimes come and steal it, but yeah,
0: she has to hide when she gets a mouse. <laughs> yes, yeah, she knows. The dog tries to steal it.
1: She's learned. But we wanted one more. We thought two cats patrolling the barn. Well, the one cat's retired and just kind of lays around and sometimes sneaks food. She got huge over the winter. We think yeah, she was sneaking food. Yeah. So anyway, we have so we let our barn cat have one litter of kittens, and then we'll get her spayed. So anybody who's concerned out there, she is. We are going to get her spayed. But yeah, so
0: her her belly was getting big. And then we came out one day, and it wasn't. So <laughs>
1: well, her it was belly, pretty clear
0: what had happened. Her
1: belly was huge. We were like, "Uh, sh- I guess she's pregnant." <laughs>
0: yeah. So anyway, she, you know, she had given birth, and then we could not find the kittens anywhere. Yeah. I mean, we were like searching the entire farm and couldn't find them. And then uh, finally, we, you know, like we, we, still have maybe ten, twelve bales of hay from the winter, and I pulled them all out of this. Um, this stall where we kept them, and sure enough, in the very corner there was four cute little kittens.
1: Yeah, one day they were just born that day. Right. Um, our friends came. They, our friends were with us when we found them, and our friend's son was like, "Where is Shadow's husband?"
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. dead be dead. Yeah. yeah, we don't
1: know who the father is. Yeah. I think I saw him from the distance at one point, but <laughs> um, yes. So she is an excellent mother. We brought her up closer to the house because we didn't want to just have her in the barn with the dogs. We don't really trust. Our dogs. So we brought her up closer to the house and she's just been laying and cuddling with them. And it's just been such a fun experience having these kittens.
0: Yeah. Well, and then we came out yesterday morning and they were gone. Oh my gosh. We got so scared and be like, how, what could have happened to them? There's no way anything got past the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But they were gone. Yeah,
1: we were like, where did these kittens go? This is really strange. Yeah, so
0: she picked them all up one at a time, I guess, in the middle of the night and carried them back down to the hay stall.
1: Yeah, I was like, maybe we sh- maybe she went back to where they were born. And, and we sure found them enough, back where they were born. I don't know why she owns them there. I think it might be cooler. Yeah. It got really hot. Right. So.
0: Right. So cats, cats on the homestead is really, really helpful because yeah, they are they're the, they're one of the predators. Yeah, and, and nature doesn't work without predators. Yeah, you
1: have to have predators, or else you get overrun by vernum verm vermin. What I <laughs> say, it? Vermum? vernum, vernum, I don't.
0: vermin, vermin, vermin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, vermin. You get overrun by vermin. So we don't have any more mice in the barn, and we've got the cats are just so great. Even their smell, I think, scares the mice away.
0: Right. And yeah and so voles are vegetarians moles aren't moles mostly i think maybe worms and bugs and stuff but voles are vegetarians and they'll tear stuff up so yeah. we want to have yeah we want to have the cats out there eating them
1: Yeah right and i i planted a lot of catnip for them so they can have some fun out there right (laughs) Um, speaking of catnip so we are growing just every kind of herb you can imagine and we're going to see what works and what doesn't we'll do a whole podcast on herbs but we started them as seed from the house inside the house and we've been bringing them outside and it's been a huge planting ordeal i i I did about almost close to 300 seeds.
0: Yeah, so most of these are perennials, so they'll come back yeah. every year after this.
1: Yeah, and right now I'm putting them in the ground, and it's been very... You have these seeds, and for months you watch them grow, and then you put them outside, and they're just so vulnerable. <laughs> you feel like I keep—I go out there several times a day to check on all of them, because you know, just one piece of mulch falling on them can crush them
0: yeah or the dog stomps on yeah
1: the dog or somebody stomps on it and i come out i'm like who stepped on this seedling no (laughs) it's been very stressful for me actually
0: yeah (laughs) we figure probably a good percentage of them will, will die
1: yeah yeah exactly but
0: lots and lots of them won't since we're doing hundreds
1: we'll be able to save you some time we'll let you know which ones are strong and hardy so far marshmallow and korean hyssop have been the winners. Marshmallow germinated so quickly, it's getting huge so fast. So marshmallow is what marshmallows today come from. You take the root, the, you harvest the root, you pull the root up, and people used to roast it over a fire or, you know, roast it like a potato and and mix it with some sugar and that's where marshmallows originally came from. Now they're some kind of junk, but...
0: Yeah, so some of the seeds, they just, they don't do very well. They take forever, and it's a little bit of an ordeal. And then yeah. different kinds are just effortless. And yeah. Just be, wow, these are incredible. They just come right up.
1: Yeah, we'll see how my valerian does. So far, I've been like, come on, valerian, grow, please. Right. Well, how come. about your basil, though? Oh, basil. That was amazing. If you want to feel good about yourself, you, I mean, I just put one little seed in there, and overnight it feels like it just popped up, and they're big. I have about, I don't know, I want to make my own pesto, so I have about 25 or 30 basil plants, and they're huge. They got huge so fast just sitting by the window. Yeah, there's no need to buy
0: that one from the store.
1: Yeah, and we had it in my son's room because he has a lot of great sunlight, and his whole room just smelled like basil. Right, so if you've
0: never done seeds before... Grab a bag of dirt and some plastic trays and then put some basil seeds in it. And then you'll feel like you're... Put minute. it by
1: a window obviously, yeah. and give it some water. And it yeah. just Well, at this
0: point, you can probably just put it outside. Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, the basil seeds so great. direct
0: seed it into the ground. But anyway, basil, yeah, it's really...
1: Yeah, I used to just think, like, what's the point of growing something from seed? Just go and buy the plant from the store. But when you want to do a lot of these plants... So I don't know, basil plants, probably somewhere around $3 right. for $2 of seed. I just did about 30 basil plants. I'll right. make pesto. I'm right. going to make bags. We're going to be eating pesto all winter. So
0: 75 to $100 worth of basil plants. Yeah. With very little time.
1: And then I can know, you know, it's been or- grown organically and it's an heirloom and it's none, whatever. It's just a great, I got it from a great seed company. So. Right.
0: And the plan is we'll be eating pesto all winter long.
1: Yeah, you might have to you might smell like garlic
0: at work. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So, anyway, we've been doing seeds like crazy. That's been a fun learning experience kind of. I keep trying to tell myself to have fun with it. It can be kind of stressful when you love these seeds and you watch them grow and you put them outside and they something happens to them, but you know, you learn which ones are strong and which ones are not and
0: Yeah, well, and we're trialing so many different things here because we know a lot of it's not going to work. Or a lot of it's not going to work easy. Like, we have a 10-acre farm. It's not our intention that we have to baby stuff along too much. So we want to know what are the hardy plants. And we've done this with trees and bushes and and now herbs and And what just doesn't work. Yeah.
1: Also putting them in different places, putting some in the shade, some in partial shade, some in the sun. And just see, I just want to learn... Maybe in, in like five years, I'll be an herbal expert. Right now, I'm just trialing and right. erroring and whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we're also direct seeding a whole bunch of stuff right out into the gardens. Yeah. So we've started doing that. And a lot of that, we're direct seeding it because it's, it's all very good at living. So things like kale and squash oh, yeah. and, and watermelon and stuff, you just put the seed in the ground. Oh, and then a yeah. you know, week, week or two later, you've got a seedling coming up and before long, it's huge.
1: Yeah. Oh, direct seeding is definitely ideal. But sometimes you want to get an earlier start. Right.
0: So the other really interesting thing when when we're doing this many different types of seedlings is you start to just know what they look like. Yeah. So you see different plants coming up out of the ground and you know exactly what it is. Yeah. Even when it has two leaves on it.
1: It's amazing just how much you learn. Like I knew nothing about a plant just, I don't know, three years, four years ago. Now I can say, okay, that's a weed. That's my anise hyssop. That's the... I don't know, oregano. I don't know. You just start to really recognize them all. Right. Oh, and also one last thing, our bedroom smells like roses. I have these, last year I planted these herbal apothecary roses and my plan is to dry them and make infused oils and things like that.
0: Right. So that's one of the ancient types of roses, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they used to use it to make rosary beads and use it for medicinal purposes, you know, back in medieval Renaissance times. And Anyway, I'm drying out the roses now, and our room smells like roses, so that's really fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, very fun.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on right now.
0: So we've been getting some emails from people, and they go something like this. I want to buy healthier food, and I can't because it's so expensive or I'd love to do more things but I live in a row house so I you know there's only so much we can do here.
1: Yeah, and land and money aside, there's also people that have concerns over, you know, where do I begin? It's also overwhelming once once your eyes are kind of open to our food industry and and the way that we Grow food and you want to break out of that, it's just kind of overwhelming.
0: Yeah, we can, we've been a part, I mean, we totally understand this. We've been a part of this world where we go to stores and buy stuff and we see pretty packages and nice commercials, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting to buy these neat things. And then you realize that there's a lot more going on there and a lot of it's very negative, and we start to see the real impact that some of our choices and the way we spend our money are having, and it yeah, it can be very overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and we just want to have a conversation. Not everyone lives on a 10-acre homestead, and we kind of want to address these, have a conversation and address these sort of things.
0: Because if we're going to change our lives and we want to do things differently, we don't want the years that that's going to take to be full of anxiety and discouragement and like we're never doing enough and mm-hmm. we're still partaking in things that we disagree with, and it's all very difficult but we we want it to be a, a fun journey an exciting journey
1: right so what we're trying to do is build a new culture build a culture you can call it what you want a culture of life and building a new culture takes time like rome wasn't built in a day a, a cult, when i say culture i'm talking about a way of living and you know we watch i go outside and i watch my little seedlings grow and I just want them to grow faster. I want I want to see my flowers, and that's just not how things work in nature. We we don't like the process. We want everything to happen immediately, and it's a it takes a process to build this whole new way of living. It takes roots and foundation, and if you try to do everything at once, if you try to get that end result as quickly as possible, it's just gonna blow over. It needs roots. It needs time. It takes practice, and as much as I want to put push fast forward, we can't. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about just little ways to step out into this process.
0: So I was watching the Orioles game the other night with with my son and this commercial comes on and it's this guy flipping burgers at like his lawn party and he looks down and there's a dandelion and he like frowns. And then the next picture you see he's got a broadcast spreader and he's he's spreading some kind of you know particles into his lawn and you get this close up shot of the particles like hitting the dandelion like they're they're like punching it and then it falls over dead and then it goes back and he's he's flipping burgers again he's got this big smile on his face cuz he's <laughs> he's conquered the dandelion and uh it it was it was really funny to me but it kind of shows me that these are the kinds of things that make up culture is that for whatever reason we want a lawn without any dandelions in it and so we're we're told that that's a good thing and we should be buying this product which is going to take care of that for us mm-hmm. meanwhile this product is basically herbicide and you know the data is pretty clear at this point that there's a ton of runoff from suburban lawns and all kinds of nitrates and herbicides and all this stuff is getting into our water supplies we're in Maryland it gets into the Chesapeake Bay it's got a lot of negative impact and it's not even that big of a deal. Like, I like having dandelions in my yeah. lawn.
1: Yeah, I was kind of on social media and I saw this just ad, and it was for some of those weed companies. I don't even know what it was, but they had all these flowers, and it was like most wanted of spring, and it had all these different, like, weed flowers that were the most wanted. And it was like, flowers that I love having, weed flowers that I love having in our yard because it attracts the butterflies and they're pretty and they're purple. And the ones I don't like, I hand pull out, but I let a lot of them stay for the pollinators.
0: Right. And this is actually really funny to me because it wasn't that many years ago that I wanted that lawn. I wanted to be able to sit outside and flip burgers and look at my perfect lawn that had no dandelions in it. So I get it. like I totally understand that. And this is how pervasive culture is. Culture is actually made up of thousands and thousands of small things that we partake in. Mm-hmm. And so here in America, we want to have that suburban perfect lawn. And so the the reason that that's hard is because it is so pervasive. When we decide we want to do things differently, we have to, to look at hundreds and thousands of things that are different than maybe the way our neighbors are doing things, people around us. The television is telling us to do it a certain way, and we have constant input from companies trying to sell us stuff, and we're trying to take a step back from that, and it's really hard, and it can be really overwhelming. Where do we begin? And so I think the first thing to begin in is to become educated about it, Yeah, that we're not just this ignorant consumer who buys stuff and just goes along with everything that television says is a good idea is that we start to become educated about what these things actually are and the choices that we're making for our families and for our lives and everything from what we eat to what we spend our time in. We start to understand that there's a different way of doing it.
1: Yeah. If you're building a whole new way of life, the first step, that first foundation, you know, a way of life that we want to last is becoming educated
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So there you go. First step, if you are just, if you are, if you are buying terrible products, if you are eating terrible food, but you are becoming educated, awesome. Like we commend you. And then the people that have no money, like we've been there. We understand what it's like to have no money. And you look at all the, the. The you know pasture raised chickens and the pasture raised eggs and the grass fed meat and the organic fruits and vegetables and they're so much more expensive and we understand what it's like to to want to buy those things but you're not able to because you can't afford it and so our suggestion for that is just buy one thing right one so thing. you can
0: get you know a bag of organic apples from the store for five dollars and you're probably spending three fifty for the normal ones yeah so. If you buy everything organic, that's a huge price difference. But if you start with a few things or you start with one thing, then that's a change and it's a good change. And then it's something to build off of.
1: Right. And you might think, what's the point? I'm eating, my family's eating all this stuff that I don't want them eating. What's the point of one organic apple? And that's where we have to look at it as it's not just about us we're contributing to this new culture. So every time you buy something organic, you're showing with your money, you're you're voting with your money, hey, we do want this. So if you show up at a farmer's market and maybe you really can't afford to buy a lot at the farmer's market, but you bring $10 and you just show up and you support the farmer, that, that goes a long way in building this new way of living. Even if it's not making all the changes you want to make, you're contributing to the greater cause.
0: Yeah. As I've gotten a little bit older in life, I've started to become a little more patient. Like I'm okay at this point with things taking a few years. I'm okay with planting trees that I know are going to take a few years before they bear fruit. And One of the things along with becoming patient is I've just understood that Great things happen in life incrementally. Mm-hmm. Like if we want to do really special things, it's just one step at a time. That's how we get to it. And so when we can make changes but actually stick with them and and continue to do them and then incrementally move forward, then I feel like we've, we get to this place a few years later where it's like, wow, yeah. like there, we've come a long way in a few years. Yeah. And it might start out with a cucumber plant.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to say. You you want to do this, but you don't have any land. That's another big thing. Not everyone has a 10-acre farm, and maybe you will never own a lot of land. So how can you live this way with a small yard?
0: A practical step if you don't have land, even if you just have a patio, is plant one thing. Even if you just have a shaded patio, plant a shade-loving herb in yeah, a pot. plant,
1: plant some mint. And you'll be so surprised at how that mint takes over and you can make your own tea. You can dry it and use it for baking. And all of a sudden, you know a lot about mint.
0: (laughs) Right. We were getting started and we planted three cucumber plants. It was the first thing we did. And it was so exciting. Out of three plants, we were getting more cucumbers than we could possibly eat. And it was like, wow, instead of being some ignorant Consumer, where I just buy tons of stuff that I know nothing about, it's like I have this one thing and I know all about it. I've watched it grow and it's it's like infectious because yeah. because then it's like, well, if I could do cucumbers, how about tomatoes?
1: Yeah, and, and it builds on itself. You get cucumbers and then all of a sudden you're making your own pickles. And, and you'd be surprised with a small, tiny little plot of land how much you can grow. I have friends who have yards about the size of my bedroom and they're producing a lot of food. Pete, you listen to a lot of People who do urban homesteading and oh yeah, grow all kinds of things in, in a the middle small of the yard. city. Yeah, yeah. So you might look out your window and see a small yard and think, "Well, what's the point? I can't have a huge forest garden." But you'd be surprised how much you can grow just by a little plot of land.
0: Right. And there's this. We talk about the culture, but there's also a counterculture, and it's vibrant out there. There's a ton of people doing amazing stuff that's very countercultural, and I think getting to do one thing. Then also makes you feel like you're a part of the change. Yeah, like you're you're standing up to the the all these ideas of negative ideas that we're talking about, and and you can start moving in a different direction. And you feel like you're a part of it.
1: Yeah, and if you are living in a small house or a small apartment, or you don't have land, the other thing that you can really build off of is how you spend your time.
0: Yeah. So if the average person in our culture spends their time basically being entertained and buying stuff then we can spend our time differently. Yeah. We can we can get out from behind the screens and start doing things that are a little bit more real.
1: Yeah, and we don't want to admit it but it's so common today to have an addiction to a screen whether it be a TV or a phone or social media or whatever. And if you can break out of that, you'd be so surprised at the hobbies that you might that you might come up with that you had no idea like, you know, making bread or fermentation. That's one thing. When we lived at our old house, we got really into fermentation, and we actually don't really have the time right now for that because we're doing so much other stuff. But fermentation is awesome. You just go to the grocery store or the farmers market, buy some organic, say cabbage and ferment it and you have you have fresh vegetables all through the winter that have that are loaded with probiotics and it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, we did kombucha and we did a whole lot of sauerkraut and it was a lot of fun there's a book the art of fermentation by sandor katz and if you read it you'll probably get so excited about fermentation because it it sounds it's a whole lot easier than you might
1: think yeah instead of buying um you know produce in the winter that's out of season you have a a product uh, that's just really filled with great things it's
0: a great way to spend your time it's doing something real It's something you can do with your family and then when you have a huge harvest one day and you're out on your land, you have the skills to preserve all that food.
1: Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about people who are just plain overwhelmed by it all. <laughs> like, you learn everything, you hear these podcasts, and all of a sudden your, your eyes are open. And everywhere you turn, you're like, I don't want to eat this food or that food. And I, I don't know where to begin. I'm just so overwhelmed. And we just want to say, like, again, one thing do one thing.
0: Yeah, because we're as human beings we're also such people of habit. We're we're habitual in the way that we are and so changing that is a really hard interior change as well. If we're going to be if we're really changing the way we spend our time and the way we spend our money and the way our relationships look, is that's hard and it takes years. It really does take years.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. There are times when I'm walking through the grocery store and I've got my cart and I kind of like think to myself, it'd be really funny if I ran into someone who listens to my podcast right now because I'm not too proud of my cart. Like, you know, I might have, I don't know, let's say like a frozen pizza in there. I don't know, something that I know is not the kind of food that I want to be eating, but I know that I can only do so much and I'm not going to get down on myself or overwhelmed when I have to, you know, get by. Like one example, I, a lot of people that I know use cloth diapers and I am convinced that cloth diapers are better. They're better for the environment. I think they're better for my kids. They would save a whole lot of money, but I know that I'm right now I'm at my max. I'm doing a dairy cow and I'm doing chickens and I'm doing, learning how to grow all this stuff. And you know what you can handle and don't get down on yourself when you can't do something. Just Be excited about the things you are doing.
0: Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing to go out on trash day and it feels like for years now we've had an entire bag full of urine diapers, (laughs) which is yeah but it is what it is well we've been changing
1: diapers for like seven years
0: i think it's easy when you listen to a podcast to probably because we talk about all the really cool stuff that we do to think that somehow we've got it all put together at this point Mm -hmm. and we definitely don't you know there's so many things that we want to do that we're just not at that point yet and so instead we're continuing to make incremental progress like we keep doing more and more things and eventually we'll get to to where we want to go.
1: Yeah, and you can't look around you and see the great things other people are doing and get discouraged. Get excited for the great things other people are doing and then just focus on the great things that you're doing, even if you just bought a ba- one bag of organic apples. Um, one thing I also have come to realize is that when you are kind of stepping into a new culture, a new way of life, and you're learning a new language, you're going to have an accent. So... When I'm doing homesteading, I might do it... A, I, I'm still raised in suburbia. I still am breaking out of a lot of those thought patterns and those habits. And I'm going to have a little bit of an accent. I look at my kids and they're just so much more natural. at When they're around the animals, they're so much more natural than me. They They seem to just understand things they're picking it up faster than I am because I'm learning it at an older age and I'm I'm gonna have an accent a homesteading accent (laughs) from suburbia from my (laughs) suburbia world
0: and we got a cow and I was so awkward around at first trying to figure out how you handle a cow and I watched my seven-year-old and he's already comfortable with them yeah yeah it's incredible
1: yeah so you know you're breaking into this new land and this new way of living and you're you might be a little bit awkward at it and you might bring in your old ways still and that's okay
0: Right. And I think, though, that like a lot of these major changes in our culture have happened very recently. They really have. So this we're talking about the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It hasn't been that long. And if you look at the direction we're going as a people, it's only going to get more. It's only culture is going to keep going in the other direction. So simply stopping and taking a look around and then moving in your own direction is going to as time goes on you're going to find that we are becoming a very different people than than the rest of the culture around us.
1: Yeah, it's really shocking how fast this has happened, how new this all is. I saw sometimes I see people joking like older people will joke on social media like in my day we ate gmos and we we ate our food and it didn't have to be non-gmo and I laugh cuz I'm like you know that GMOs were not released into the grocery store until nineteen ninety four. So you didn't ask <laughs> if it was GMO because they weren't around yet. Yeah, they so. weren't around.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of the yeah, a lot well, of this stuff is very, very recent.
1: So. Yeah. And and that and that's kind of encouraging because hopefully we can also swing back pretty quickly too. Hopefully. Maybe. I
0: don't know. Our family can.
1: Yeah, well we'll see. So <laughs> So yeah, anyway. Don't, don't be overwhelmed. Don't get down on yourself. Don't get discouraged. Everything you buy is contributing to this new way of living. Everything you do is contributing. Even if all you do is listening to our podcast, then, hey, you're giving us the encouragement to do this. Absolutely. Um, and, oh, we also wanted to talk about spouses. If your spouse isn't into it anymore. Yeah, so
0: people decide they really want to live differently than they are now, and their spouse isn't there.
1: Mm. And
0: then, <laughs> that's a huge challenge. It's really hard. Because you can't force human beings to do something they don't want to do. I mean, the quickest way to make somebody disagree with you is to try and force them to agree with you. Like, yeah. that does not work. Yeah. So, yeah, people find that another constraint more than just time and money and habit is also that you're living with somebody who isn't where you're at. And yeah. I think probably the only response to that is just to be really humble about it. Yeah. Um,
1: and you take, care, you take care of yourself. You eat healthy. And I think eventually it becomes... Contagious.
0: Right. We the way we're trying to live our life is a life of beauty, a life of goodness, a life of reality. And I think most people, when they catch a vision for that, want that. Yeah. There's not, hopefully, there's not too many people out there who just stand in, t- in opposition to goodness and beauty and,
1: and yeah. truth. But so. well, we laugh too, because there's a good chance too that the spouse who isn't into it, at some point, you know, in your mid 30s, it all catches up to you and you realize you don't want to feel tired or you know you don't want to feel junky anymore yeah like pete oh yeah
0: going into my 30s i'm like oh i just feel terrible all the time
1: i can't that's really good motivation for lunch anymore
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. we weren't you were not a healthy eating 20 year old so much
0: right no Um, i was not at all
1: yeah so it catches up to you and just you know just one spouse be humble and you try to make the changes the best that you can in your own life and And I think it spreads.
0: Yeah, I think so. And then the most important thing that we have to say is just to ask for grace for it. Like, we want to live a culture of life in every aspect of what we do. And the beautiful part of Christianity is that we get grace for it. Like, even if we had all the money and all the time and all the willpower to make every possible change for healthy living that we could, that's, you know... That wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be enough to live the kind of life that we want. Like the kind of life that we want only comes through mercy and through grace. And so we do that all the time where we just say, God, help us to go in a path that's going to be life-giving for our family.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, I came that you have life and have it abundantly. And so, you know, we really see, come to him and ask for grace to lead us in the path of abundant life.
0: And I've just come to this conclusion, which is, this entire journey, even when I'm at the beginning of the journey and there's so far to go, the entire journey is supposed to be fun yeah. and exciting. Like I'm yeah. supposed to I, I'm supposed to be able to make a small change in my life and then like be super excited about it. Just be really happy, be like, Wow, I didn't I've made a small change in my life and this is fun. And 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 not just be anxious that yeah. like, oh there's so much to do.
1: The cho- the children are coming for us. They're coming. They're they're coming. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for your emails and be encouraged. We don't do everything perfectly. And that's that's too heavy a burden to carry to think you have to do it all perfectly. One small change at a time.
0: Yeah. Is, incrementally over time.
1: Yeah, and then I think over time we'll build a culture of life and we need to go. So have a great day, have a everyone. Day.
0: Bye.